0: What's up, friends? It's E, and welcome to a new episode of Midweek Rise Up. I pray that you're seeing God move and work in your life as you give gratitude and praise for the day that you're in. And in this episode, we're going to address a word that is very, very near and dear to my heart. And it's a word that not only fueled my company's purpose, but also sparked its give back movement. And because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, it's always kingdom over culture. So let's each of us prepare our heart, clear our mind, and take a deep deep breath and unpack the word for this week together as we jump into the good news. The word for this week is proclaim. And as a Christian, I know that word carries a lot of weight and especially regard to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. But even if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, I feel the word proclaim still resonates regardless. Because to me, when I think of proclaiming, it's a word of action that's also connected to action. And you can't just proclaim something and then not do it or not live it out yourself. There's almost like this built-in accountability factor with that word. And what do you proclaim? Why do you proclaim it? How do you proclaim it? And I've come to realize that proclaiming isn't only with just your words. I think it's also really with your actions. And I saw this in Technicolor when I was living in New York City. The city that can be the most harsh and ruthless is where I personally experience some of the most intense and beautiful moments of God's love. And when I moved to New York City over six years ago, five and a half, six years ago, people would say, why do you live in that city? How can you live there? It's so liberal. It's so anti-Christian. It's so hard. It's so rough. It's this. It's that. Exactly. It's everything I'm not. And that's why I loved it. I've lived all over the world, from China to Puerto Rico, LA, and Miami, but this time it was different. I knew it's where God needed me to be, and so I bought a one-way ticket and packed one suitcase and that was it. And that city and those people that God allowed for me to cross paths with were there for me, and sometimes even in the most random ways possible. And I drenched myself in scripture. I kept my heart postured in constant gratitude because you can't fake it in New York City. And I remember living in LA and people were like, oh, you can fake it till you make it. But in New York, you absolutely cannot fake it. But even just sitting here and reminiscing and thinking of the days running to the subway and running to work and running all over the city, I identified so much with each person that I saw in those streets, in the subways all the passerbys and i never once had to say hi to them the guy rushing to his next meeting i identified with that the woman screaming on her cell phone to a client the silent soul sitting on the subway crying the band playing in union square all of that was a piece of humanity that you could just see in such vulnerable ways and i didn't move to new york city because it was easy i don't think anyone just chooses to move to new york because they think it's going to be a walk in the park I moved to New York City because it put my faith on blast. And to me, it was literally the epitome of being in the world, but not of it. And living there really put me in a position where, in order to survive, I had to eat, breathe, and sleep what my convictions were that God put on my heart and really just drench my soul and my heart in his word. And one of the things I love the most about my apartment is that my desk and my room overlooked Madison Avenue. And on my desk, all around the window, I had all these quotes and Bible verses all over. But this one, I kept front and center, because I really felt like it was my purpose for being in New York City. And written on a note card was James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. And it said, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And I would look at those verses every single morning. And for those of you who live in New York City, you get it. You understand what I'm saying. And I remember when I first moved there, my uncle took me out to dinner and he told me right afterwards, he said, the day that the Empire State Building doesn't give you butterflies is the day that you need to leave New York City. And every day that I walked home or I walked past the building, I would check and I would look up and I would, sure enough, it still gave me butterflies. But I share all that with you to give you some background on why and how the word proclaim for me became proclaim streetwear so let's go back a little bit we'll go back all the way to august 28 2016 and i was on a train home from boston going back to new york city and i had just finished up some work on the computer and i got a text from a friend who sent me this youtube video and i don't know if you've ever seen it or not but it's still up on youtube if you want to look it up but it's of this man who's on the subway and he's sitting next to an individual who was obviously homeless and they were wearing just basically a tank top and jeans freezing on the subway and the man looked at him and as the subway was moving the guy stood up and he walked over to the individual who was homeless and in need and began to take off his sweatshirt and then he took off his shirt And he started to put the shirt on the freezing man and then he started to put on the sweatshirt and he even took his beanie off and put it on the man's head and there was no dialogue exchanged. It was one of the most purest forms of love in action to me that is just the word proclaim all tied up with a bow was right there. That a man saw another person who was in need and took it upon himself not waiting for you know a homeless shelter group to come in and, and and help this individual he saw a need and immediately fulfilled it and i literally was crying watching this video as i'm on this train from boston back to new york city because i've seen people on the streets like this with barely anything on just freezing outside and while i was on the train i eventually fell asleep and was in almost like that lucid dream phase, and for some reason, Isaiah 61 kept being talked about in my dream while I was dreaming. It was just repetitive, and so when I woke up before our train pulled into New York City, I opened my Bible and I read Isaiah 61, and it took me to only verse 1 to get what God was trying to tell me, and then by the time I got to verse 3, I was absolutely speechless. So here are the first three verses of Isaiah 61. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And after reading that, I closed my Bible and just really sat in that moment and cherished it. And then, sure enough, like any other time, you just kind of go about your day-to-day life. And it really wasn't until my grandfather, who I call Morfar, it's Swedish, took his last breath on Tuesday, October 4th in 2016 at 3.11 p.m. that it really all just came together. And for those of you who know me, my Mormor and my Morfar were everything to me. And my Mormor just passed this July. But my Morfar, my grandfather, he was gosh he was my christian soldier he was knighted by the king of sweden he got the silver star in world war ii and just an unbelievable man and i was there with him when he took his last breath and i just was wrecked i was absolutely wrecked and I remember going into their dining room, and in order to just cope with his passing, I went through every single Bible verse that had chapter 3, verse 11 with it. And I came across Luke chapter 3, verse 11. And it says John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. And I just paused. And I went back and I read Isaiah 61. And I just remember sitting there absolutely speechless. I I had no words. God is so good. I just I just smiled. I was like, you know what, this is this is the mission and purpose behind Proclaim Street where I was born. So when I got back to New York City after my morphar had passed, I started noticing the unnoticed even more. And I remember even when I got home one night, I had made a mental note of an individual who was on the street just freezing sitting there with nothing not even a blanket and I took my roommate with me to go give them an extra comforter that I had but I could just not shake Luke 3:11 and Isaiah 61 so much so to the point where I would keep taking pictures of people in need that I would see walking around the city sitting by the bus stop and it became my constant motivator to get proclaimed streetwear going and I had no idea what I was doing I have never owned a fashion company i've i've never when it comes to modeling i was always in front of the camera wearing the clothes of the designers i was never behind it having models wear my own stuff and i really just started to map out okay where do i go to get stuff manufactured in the usa and on and on and on and i wrote down things i wouldn't compromise on that was quality where it was made and the mission behind the brand And I remember ordering just a few hundred sweatshirts and being like, okay, we'll see where this goes. It's kind of a startup and just have one item per season. And I remember once we launched within the first week, we completely sold out. And I just sat there. I was like, okay, now what? (laughs) And the manufacturer I was using at the time ended up getting bought out by a larger company. And then they decided to ship all of the jobs and everything that they were working on in that manufacturing plant over to China. And I remember them calling me and being like, oh, we're so excited to have you as an account um, now that we transitioned over into this new company. And I told them point blank. I was like, there is no way I'm going to continue to work with you guys because you're no longer manufacturing in the States. And so then I went back to the drawing board. And after two years of sourcing and COVID and design work, and again, not compromising, The Proclaim Streetwear relaunch was on its way. And in the beginning, when I shared with some of my mentors about the relaunch, they were like, great, let's get you set up in factories in China and Indonesia and all these foreign places. And I just looked at them and I was like, no, I'm not. I told them, I was like, I'm going to make everything here in the USA. And they literally laughed at me. They were like, good luck. America does not make clothes. But I refuse to compromise the ethos of my company for the sake of a slightly more favorable profit margins. And I've always held the philosophy that you are to invest into what you believe in and for me a hardworking American seamstress manufacturer and American owned fabric mill that's the way of life and being raised by entrepreneurs I always got to witness a textbook example of understanding that there is opportunity to be found in the middle of adversity and the Made in the USA label is the new quality standard. It's not a compromise. It's an investment in our citizens, and our freedoms, in our country's future. And even with the ramifications we're up against with COVID, now is the time for the American spirit of ingenuity to rise instead of run. And in my opinion, if American business owners truly want to put the customer first like they say, they have to put America first. And that means bringing back manufacturing jobs back here to the states and making products right here in the USA. I read this statistic the other day and it just blew my mind that over 300,000 jobs get outsourced out of the United States each year. And with that, a 68% of large US consumer product companies sending American jobs overseas. And not only are the jobs compromised by this decision, but if you think about it, so is the quality of the products themselves that we're sold as consumers all for the sake of mass production. The era of fast fashion is so gross to me. And if you don't know what fast fashion is, it's like H&M, Forever 21, I guess you could say Zara is up there too. It's just those types of stores where you buy something, you wash it once, and it literally starts falling apart. You might as well just throw it away. And the fashion industry is supposed to be one of the most beautiful and forward-thinking industries. But unfortunately, it's also one of the most ruthless and detrimental to the environment, workers, and consumers. Because the era of fast fashion that we are so deeply immersed in today totally lacks transparency and ultimately puts our world in a very challenging position. And the thing I love the most about the products that we have with Proclaim Streetwear, I wanted to be so intentional because fashion should last years, not months. It's supposed to be durable, it's not rushed. And it should be ethically sourced and sustainably made and starting with a single thread to a fully finished garment we wanted to create this luxe purpose-driven streetwear brand that's made with the highest quality materials and so much so that our private label quality standard would be something that we and the people who made it could be proud of and when i started proclaim streetwear a few years ago and even to this day My goal is still the same. It's to spread the gospel throughout an industry that desperately needs it. And personally, I don't believe in compartmentalized Christianity, and especially when it comes to transforming culture. Every item of clothing that's produced in our line has a giveback component attached to it, and scripture is woven throughout. From the hands of those who assemble the garments to the consumer who purchases them, whether believers or not, they are exposed to the verses found in Isaiah 61, which foretold the mission and good news of Jesus. And you might be asking, well, what's purpose-driven streetwear? If that's what you call proclaimed streetwear, what does that even mean? And first and foremost, to answer that, I think it's also important to go back to what the company itself believes in, and that's that God's perfect and sovereign grace, he showed us by sending his son as the ultimate payment for the debts of our sins, is what we believe. And our mission is to bring good news to the poor, it's to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to give them a garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. It means that every item we have has a specific mission attached to it, so I'll bring it down for you even further so we have annually the 61 collection and that just dropped And then all throughout the year, we're gonna be doing drip releases of limited edition items. And once they're gone, they're gone. So for example, with the sweatshirt, that is attached to the Proclaim movement. And for all of you who have been a part of this movement in the years past, thank you so much. It's because of you guys that this has completely taken off and I'm so grateful for you. And for those of you who are just joining the Proclaim movement, this is what it's all about. So when you purchase a Proclaim streetwear sweatshirt, you're gifted with a second sweatshirt. And the second sweatshirt is not like the Proclaim streetwear sweatshirt, and that's intentional. It's because it's a sweatshirt that's supposed to be given to someone on the streets in need during the winter season. So this sweatshirt has more of an outside feel and it's built to withstand the outdoor elements during the colder and winter seasons. And it's completely unmarked. Some people think, okay, when I give something to someone on the streets or to a homeless shelter, I'll give them something with a huge branding on it. Well... You have to also realize that when these individuals are wearing this stuff, it has a huge Nike sign or you give them the latest new Jordans. You might not think about it, but that kind of puts them in jeopardy because the other people who don't have that look at that and they're like, huh, I want that. So that's why I'm really intentional about making sure that the second sweatshirt that's given to someone in need is unmarked, extremely comfortable, but it's meant for them. It's made with them in mind. And the thing I love about this movement is that it really puts the power back in the consumer's hands to make the decision, okay, I have the second sweatshirt. I'm either going to take it upon myself to go out in my community and give it to someone in need, or I can decide to have the Proclaim Streetwear team pass it out during our monthly outings when we go out in the streets. And that's where the verse Luke 311 comes into play. But whether it's the proclaimed streetwear sweatshirt or the t-shirts or the joggers, or the, everything else that's about to come out, these items are your daily reminder to proclaim because you are blessed to be a blessing to others. And I have to tell you, I absolutely love hearing the stories of the interactions of people who hand their sweatshirts to someone in need because those conversations are so precious. And when you have on your heart what you want to proclaim to someone, whether that is the gospel, whether that is a word that you have on your heart, whether that should hope. Those types of moments are so precious and to be cherished because those actions of proclaiming in itself completely transcend social barriers. And it's interesting, too, because sometimes people have a stigma of what the term streetwear means, and I find that fascinating. But I chose that category, if you will, very specifically. And when I started the brand, I really just preyed on it and thought to myself, okay, what type of attire do I wear on a day-to-day basis when I'm out chasing my dreams or just doing everyday life? And then I started paying attention to the people around me, especially in New York City and seeing what they were wearing. And more often than not, it was usually streetwear. But I think personally for me, it goes back a little bit further because I started playing basketball when I was five, even up until when I was playing in college. And since then, I've been a total sneakerhead and I would spend endless hours at the Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, any gym that was open, I was there shooting around. And so when I reflect back upon that, even to this day, the thing I love the most about streetwear is that it's the most authentic representation to me of being a trailblazer because it can mean different things to each person independently it's not fixed it's not just the latest fashion trends or the relabeled blank t it's detailed it's it's unique and as you chase your dreams and as you hustle and as you grind i can't think of a better way to jump those hurdles than in streetwear that gives hope to the lost and proclaims you were made for such a time as this and for everyone who's purchasing items from the 61 collection, I have no words. I am just unbelievably grateful. You guys to me are the real MVPs. I'm so excited for you guys to enjoy each item of clothing that we drop and to be able to be a part of the give back mission that's attached to each item individually. But not only that, enjoy the quality. It's awesome. The sweatshirts are unbelievably comfortable, super soft on the inside. They fit so well, and they're purposely oversized, so it's like the perfect sweatshirt you could own. And the T-shirts that we make are awesome. I love them, especially the bamboo t-shirt that says proclaim across the front because not only is it super soft and very comfortable, but it's also antimicrobial, which is pretty cool. So it really suppresses bacterial growth on your clothes, which is amazing especially with everyone who's freaked out over COVID. But you might be asking yourself once you see these clothes drop that they're all the same color, and that was intentional. And it's not just only for practical reasons because everyone looks good in black. I mean, I fit in perfect when I lived in New York. because my closet is literally every shade of black that you can get. But I always associated the color black with work. And to me, this is God's work you're doing. As you go out into the world proclaiming the good news, you don't chase your dreams and build God's kingdom in ball gowns and tuxes every day. But I really just prayed even on expanding in a color. And then I came across the history of the Black Robe Regiment. And for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about or never heard of it before, that is your homework for today. Go and study and read about the Black Robe Regiment and the role they played for America's independence and i'll give you just a taste but the black robe regiment was the name that the british had placed on the courageous and patriotic american clergy during the founding era and it was intended to be a backhanded insult but it's been documented that the british even saw the american pulpit as largely responsible for american independence and government and john adams famously said when during the time that led up to american independence he said the pulpits have thundered since these courageous ministers had no problem preaching the truth about the issues they faced within the government of their day. But in closing, I want you to take some time in this week and next, and maybe throughout the next coming months, especially during December and the holiday season. I want to challenge you to be the salt, to be the light, go out and proclaim the good news to the poor, bind up the brokenhearted, bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, give them a garment of praise. So we are called to be stewards in our community, to feed the hungry, to clothe the homeless, to create, to empower to proclaim. So go do just that. You are love, my friend. Go rise up. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that these words encouraged and challenged you and postured your heart for the rest of the week ahead. If you have a minute, go to the subscribe and review section of this podcast, leave us a word or a Bible verse or something that you're planning on proclaiming during this holiday season. I really want this podcast review space to be an added bookmark for that simple reminder that we're all in this together and that God's got this. Feel free to share this episode with your friends, family, or on social media, and be sure to tag Proclaim Streetwear. Also, for more information on Proclaim and Lead Ministry, our Bible in 365, as well as the Falkirk Center, please click the links below. We are so grateful to have you join us right here every Wednesday on Midweek Rise Up.